Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Jump back and dust Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Boom 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, this is Respect for Life coming to you over the Keys 107 Network. Let your friends and neighbors know that this program that comes on every Tuesday night from 7 until 9 is dedicated to providing a classroom, classroom in which we can exchange ideas, share information, and get that which we can pass on to others, including within our families, our friends, and, and associates. Respectful Life, once again, I'm the host, Brother Leroy, and I'm thankful to the Most High for blessing us with another day on this good earth, another day to do some good deeds 
for ourselves and others. And sometimes just a good word is a good deed to someone who hasn't heard from you or heard a pleasantry in quite a while. So wishing someone an excellent day, a fantastic day, even if you don't know them, but a bus driver and especially the garbage collectors. These are men and women who get no no second thought or glance from us, even though what they do is critically important to the welfare and well-being of each and every citizen in your town or country. It doesn't matter who they look like or what gender they are, et cetera. The fact is that they do a tremendous, a tremendous job to keep our cities and towns safe from the garbage that we collect and give off. Well, our guest this evening is the young man who's going to take us through current events, and we've invited him on for the purpose not just to talk about current events, but to look at current events with a critical eye, especially news reports, what news reports say and they don't say, what the talking heads on TV and cable and radio say and don't say. Without further ado, we're happy to wish God's blessing, and God bless you on our friend and brother, Dick Gregory. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. Peace and love, and I cannot thank you enough and and shows like this enough, and that's why America and the rest of the world is in trouble. Uh, the Pope didn't get in trouble because of NBC, CBS, and ABC. <laughs> Pope didn't get in trouble because of, of, of British intelligence and and the, the spies that that, uh, that 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 run the 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 overseer of all the major countries. They got in, in in America alone. We got forty thousand internet radio. Mm. Young folks listen to it. Grandpa don't listen to it, mm. and they hear things. That's why they run and getting their gun. Mm. They hear something. You had uh, children gunned down in Newtown. And in five days, gun sales increased by 44%. Why? They heard something that NBC didn't run. Hmm? <laughs> and, and you see, we sometimes make the mistake because to black folks and a lot of young white folks, uh, conservatism is the cold word huh, for racism, for hating Jews and hating gays. That's the code word. They hide behind that. They don't have to come out. And so all at once now, when African Americans, the Republicans, I mean, during the Civil Rights Movement, you had Republicans around Dick Nixon that was respected. They didn't bash us. You got Republicans now, they get ahead, black folk, by bashing us. Mm. And those that don't, they're crazy. Huh? And, mm. and a black man got a right to be crazy. Huh? Mm. Insane. And so consequently, I mean, you look at you look at uh, Jesse Jackson Jr., well, all the turmoil that have happened, what he's watched and looked at, and probably slipped into some secret files because, you know, you got friends in the Senate and Congress, and what he, some of the stuff he read, he couldn't handle. Huh? Mm. And so you go to drinking. Hmm? Mm. And if your wife goes along, she goes to drinking. Huh? Mm. And then you keep on and you keep on and you keep on, and then all at once you, you see what happened. And so consequently, 
it's the system, the system. If we if we go and check, one day I hope somebody with a network like yours would do a background check. I don't mean snooping on mafia's children. See how many of them born deformed, huh? See how many of them end up committing suicide, huh? The universal order. We don't have to look around and use the universal God as a pit bull. That's a violation. And so when shows like this come on and people hear it and they put it together with what they know, and I tell white folks all the time, you want to hear true American history. Get to black folks. Don't run to all of them. Keep searching till you find that handful of black folks in every area. Why? We work for the slave master, huh? You see, that's why it's so ignorant when folks talk about, you know, the slave master. Well, my mother, not meaning that, but my mother worked in the slave master's kitchen, huh? My dad was the houseboy. They were so nice and spiritual and beautiful. But my mother came in that white boy's kitchen. Do you think he had two toilets in his house, one for her and one for the family? Hmm? You think he had two toilets, two drinking fountains in his house? Hmm? Yeah. And so George Wallace proved that. He talked about how ignorant we was and and never will they go to school. Then he leave there and get on a United Airlines and fly from Alabama to New York. You think he had separate water fountains? <laughs> you think he could choose where he wanted to sit, huh? When he checked into into the the uh, the, the big hotel in New York, you think they had segregated rooms? Hmm? And so when you sit, see, in the South, they don't care how big a black person gets as long as you don't get too close. They don't care how big a Jewish business, as long as you don't get too close. Up north, they don't care uh, how big you get. I'm sorry, I had that wrong. They don't care in the south how close you get as long as you don't get too big. I had to be close to you if I'm your slave. Huh? Yeah. Well, you think I lived somewhere out in another county? And up north, they don't care how big I get as long as I don't get too close. Huh? And so the information we had my mother's mother's mother, huh, was Jesse James' house girl up in the mm-hmm. boot hills of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So we would hear real stories. Mm-hmm. Frank and Jesse, wow. And then when you got old enough, they would tell you, you know, you know, when they killed Frank James, see, see Jesse James, why was they mad, huh? Why was they robbing banks and the railroad? Hmm? Well, they was mad, and when Jesse James was killed, Frank took the money and changed his name to Rockefeller. That's where them thug Rockefellers came from. Okay? That's why in New York City, and I know you remember this because you don't forget nothing, when, when Rockefeller was running against Goldberg, remember? Yeah. And 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 when Rockefeller was doing a rally at Buffalo, New York, and the guy jumped out the balcony, man, just like when he shot John Wilkes Booth, 
Juice jumped, Chuck Lincoln. He jumped off the balcony to the stage. He did that to to Rockefeller and said, "You a Jew?" Mm. The, the James were Jews. Mm. That's why they hated the railroads in the banks the way they treated Jews. Mm. And so he came up and he said, "Wow, that sure would help me in New York City running against Goldberg." What the one said about it, huh? Mm. But I knew what he was talking about, huh? And so we see it everything, you know. The black woman who works in the kitchen, she's there when the old white dude go to the cotton festival in Memphis. So who drove him? Her husband. So he knew every woman he was having an affair with on the way to Memphis and the ones he had up in the room, old Pop would go get them. Mama who stayed back there, she knew who was tipping in the room while he was gone. We knew all of that. And so and, 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 and so we got our information because we was invisible. Mm. How many rich white businessmen get in a cab going somewhere and they forget that cab driver is human? Right. And especially if you're black. See, that's what Ellison's invisible man. <laughs> when you make me invisible, mm. you don't see me. And so black folks, unbeknown to what they was doing when they started wearing zoot suits and red shoes and, and green hats, and white folks was laughing at us, say, hold up, chump, and all of you to laugh at me, you got to see me. Hmm? Mm-hmm. You had to see me, huh? That's what the entertainment was about. The mentals was about, blah, 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 and I'm doing all that boogie and all that stuff, but he had to see me to laugh at me. Then I went out. I couldn't entertain. I couldn't do this. I went out and bought me gold teeth. I took out good teeth and put gold teeth in. And sometimes I put diamonds in the teeth. Hmm? And people say, the Negroes, black folks, the Negroes is really crazy. They take out good teeth and put it. No, no, no. I knew what a white, insane system loved. They loved gold. They loved jewelry. They loved diamonds. And so where did I put it? in my mouth, and everybody back then that wore gold and diamonds in the teeth, they always was laughing. Why? So you can see it. huh? So you can see it. And I hope when you see this, what you love, you see this before you see this blackness, which you hate. Hmm? And that's why I was always grinning. <laughs> Yo, you know. That's what this was about. If you had children, and you and your wife, or you and your friend is talking and the child's in the crib, and you ignoring the child. You're not ignoring it. You're just talking to you, and that child starts beating on the bed and rattling the rattle. I'm going to stop being invisible. I want you all to see me. I'm over here. Hmm? And so consequently, when you stop and think about where we are now, tonight is the first anniversary of Trayvon Martin. <clears throat> the first anniversary, right, of Trayvon Martin. Okay. And, and and so you go back and you say, don't see what NBC wants you to see and CBS wants you to see, huh? See what the universe wants you to see. Trayvon Martin hmm? laid in the mark for three days down there. Mother and father was calling the police station every hour on the hour. And they had him listed as a missing person. Hmm? Not in the mark. Not in that little bitty hick town, 53,000 people, 
predominantly white. So how many Negro teenagers do you think get, they get in that mark? Okay. So all the ones they got one in the mark and they didn't know it was one day. You can't get there without the police signing off on you. Sure. And so had it not been for black radio and, and black folks on, on TV, we wouldn't be celebrating this tonight because nobody knew he was. The cops had him listed as, you know, and not killed or dead, missing person. So with all the hearts and, and, and lungs and all the stuff they're stealing from folks now, huh? how many right. Trayvons is laying up in a morgue someplace else? See, I can kill you here in this town, New York, Chicago, and the refrigerator trucks is waiting to take you to the safe houses. That happened to have been probably one where they did the transfer. The Chinese, up until 10 years ago, if you were sentenced to die, they shot you in your heart, put a bullseye around your heart, bullseye. And I watched that because when the government was killing black folks, man, and blaming it on other folks, a couple of times I would go someplace and somebody would give me a medal before I spoke. And I said, that's a bullseye. Take that thing off me. (laughs) That thing comes around my neck and and falls right where my heart. Take that off of me. And so the Japanese, the Chinese, would execute you by shooting you in your heart. And then when the whole thing switched to body parts, you get executed in China, now they shoot you in your head and harvest everything down below your neck. Huh? So after this show, if you walked outside and saw some homeless black folks, some homeless Mexicans sitting on the fence drinking cheap wine, <laughs> they might not look like nothing to you, <clears throat> but once I harvest their body parts, huh? Mm. Worth $2.5 million. Huh? Mm. The number one money maker on the planet. If you took all the drugs and, and gambling and 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 prostitution, all three of them together, they don't make as much as as body parts. And so that's what that looked like. That was. And then they bring them back in, and they bring them to good good hospitals in New York, and nobody, you know, they know they just look the other way. And then they harvest them out, huh? But if your mother, when you was a little boy, would go to the store, and she said, where you going? I said, I'm going to get some fresh ground beef. See, that's the difference in fresh ground beef. And hamburger. Hamburger's already ground up. I don't know how long that's been there. Exactly. Fresh. Said, oh, Miss Lucille, this really takes good. Well, it just I just got it from the store, and they ground it up. It's the same thing with body parts. The older the body part. They can tell you how many years it's cut off your life when you get it. The fresher, you may have 20 more years, huh? So I'm saying, you think Cheney, with all the money and the power he had, you think he stood in line and waited for old, old, sour heart, huh? No, no. And you hear people say, you know, oh, wow, well, well, that guy lucky. Say something fell off that building and hit that guy in the head and, and while they was pronouncing dead, they saw that thing he was wearing on his wrist. Give my eyes to Mount Sinai Eye Clinic. <laughs> we got a we got a freshman why? Because that's worth maybe two hundred thousand dollars more than one of them stale ones, huh? Man. And so when you sit and look 
So we they make us believe, oh, they just they just uh harvesting, uh they just killing one another, they just they just drive by shootings. So if you my son and I come home tonight and the family tell me that you was killed in a drive by shooting, that body is not under my jurisdiction. I can't even take it until the coroner. The body is controlled by the coroner. And until that coroner says we can come down and get the body, you can't get it. And so then when you get it, you see them stitches and all them cuts, you're not aware that they've been in there and took all my organs. You're all emotionally upset. huh? Damn. There are some corners you can hide that they can look at the stitches and tell if they took something out and then open it up and see they didn't put it back in. huh? And so, and so when you stop and think, and so we all upset, and, and they can convince that we're the most violent people in the world. We don't make no guns, but if we kill more than anybody else. We ain't got no money. Where it come from? Hmm? Yeah. And so consequently, when you stop and just look just a little bit further, huh? a little bit further, huh? then you also harvest the interferon. That's what the folks was killed in Atlanta. That's why 99.9% was more. It comes out the testicles. You mean drive-by shootings? They don't, they don't shoot. They ain't no girl gangs, huh? They ain't want no girl gangs. They just shoot boys. And if you go back to the 60s when you had all them rides in the penitentiaries, and uh, and they found out that those those Negroes had had a trifling lifestyle, drugs, staying up all night, drinking cheap wine. So then they went for the little boys. That's what happened in Atlanta. How come when the drive-by shooting, they ain't shooting no old men? You see all them old ignorant brothers standing on the corner, you know, running game on everybody. How come they don't get shot? They too old. Interferon sells for $19 billion of paint. I got some cousins who participate in that. So that's what this is about. huh? But we so out of the spirit. See, when you get hooked to the church, ain't nothing wrong with getting to the church. But when you substitute that for the universal God, then you ain't hooked to nothing. You lose all your feeling. You lose all your universal protection. huh? And so, and, and, and so consequently... That's what we're looking at with Trayvon. Hmm? I heard him today discussing that the, uh, the lawyers came up with pictures of Trayvon going into 7-Eleven and coming out of 7-Eleven. Well, and somebody said, boy, he sure, he sure looked different. He didn't wow. look little. He looked different. Oh, come on, y'all. And then somebody give them to the lawyers. Lawyers don't know, so they run the game. Well, why'd y'all wait this long when 7-Eleven had pictures the first night, if he went in there, huh? Who is it that told the whole world about what he went to buy? Skittles and and and, 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 and sweet tea. Everybody in the world knew what he bought, but nobody knew particularly what the death thing was about, huh? And and to this day, they have not been when people start bringing it up on shows like this here. Then what did they do? They went to uh, 7-Eleven and showed us a picture of him, the back of him. huh? And so all at once now, if you stop and just break it down, and say, wait a minute. He lived in this gated community where his father was living with his girlfriend. 
So if you live in a gated community, and I'm going to come by and do some research, and you say, well, Greg, you know, we work together for a long time. Don't even stay in the hotel. You know, stay, stay. we got an extra bedroom. This gated community, so you got to turn my name in. They got to get information on me, the type of car I'm driving, hmm? what I look like. Hmm? That's what I'm paying for the people who live there. It's for that protection. Huh? So all at once now, in order for him to leave that community, he had to go out the gate. They got pictures of him. How come nobody asked for the pictures? You can't go in or out of gated community without being filmed. How come we didn't see him leaving with nothing in his hand and see him coming back with something in his hand? Okay, that's, that's simple. I mean, that's real simple. Then they said, well, wait a minute. When you come in, you don't live there. They ask you questions at the gate, even though they know. Huh? You so-and-so, son. They got the time he left out and the time he came back, huh? Okay? So I'm assuming he was probably killed someplace else. Now, the other part is his body was found 150 feet from the apartment where his daddy was. Now, if you've ever been walking down the street and see a homicide not being committed, police come, put crime tape around, they bring in bright lights, Make nighttime look like daytime. How come that place wasn't lighted up, and how come people wasn't outside their house asking what happened? They must didn't hear no gunshot. Okay? Then even if his daddy stayed out all night, huh? That nonsense of missing persons, he would have known better. Here's your boy right laying right next to where you're staying, huh? And the next morning, the police would have still been out there, forensic, looking at, looking for little pieces and looking for this and looking for that. How come he didn't know? How come somebody in the apartment complex didn't know? That's why I assume it didn't happen there. And so, consequently, you look at that whole thing, or it could be another plot to create rides all the way across the country. That's what that's what happened with... Uh, uh, Rodney King, I mean, they pulled his car over. He had two other people in the car. They said he was doing 140 miles an hour in an old raggedy car. And then a couple of days later, the two people in the car, they died mysteriously. Yeah. When we check it out, we find out that uh, that Rodney King, eight weeks before that happened, he had been found guilty a white judge and sentenced to nine years in jail. Can't nobody explain why he was out. Hmm? And then when you check the people that, that shot him, I mean, that took the pictures, that's a, that was a couple from Australia, uh, part of the secret police, Australia, heavily connected to the CIA. So here's some people never been in America before, just happened to come in, just happened to check in a hotel. That room is facing across the street where the beating going to take place. And the next time you see them pictures, look at that. Look how it was lit up. It lit up like a Hollywood movie. Okay? Now, how did they come in my country for the first time ever? The whooping started at 3 o'clock, and at 7 o'clock L.A. time that morning, 
those pictures was running all over the world, how'd they know who to take them to, huh? Mm. Okay, so that's what the whole thing, you stop and you say, wow, wow, wow. Hmm? And then when did they kill him? When his book was coming out, huh? What was he saying in the book? And the woman who was in the house when he when he said he drowned, she was on the jewelry, that, that jewelry that awarded him $3 million. Yeah. Him, the $3 million, and the woman on the jewelry, they both left the courtroom together, been together ever since, huh? Yeah. Okay? This is this is what this is about. You can't find it. You can't lock it up. But there's people that will hear this show tonight. Hmm? And then they'll put other things in. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Something. Wow. Something ain't right, huh? They wouldn't right. hear this on NBC. Right. Huh? Exactly. And so when you go, you know, you, 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 you see what just happened uh, in 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 in. in in South Africa. I want well, you to hold, hold that, Brother Dick. Mm-hmm. I want you to hold that point before we get into that. We're going to have to pause for some announcements and some commercials. This is the Keys 107 Network. The telephone number to call in for questions is 213 Nine four three three six one eight. Friends of yours who do not have internet access can call into the show on two one three nine four three three six one eight. They can hear the show. They can also, along with you, ask a question by hitting one on the telephone keypad. This is Respect for Life coming to you over Blog Talk Radio, the Keys One Hundred Seven Network. I'm Brother Leroy, and our guest is. Brother Dick Gregory, and we will be right black. Stay tuned. Keys 107 and the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam, The Final Call follows in the tradition of Muhammad's speech with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the Final Call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the Final Call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom, one 
107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing at the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, we're black with you on Respect for Life on the Keys 107 Network, coming to you by way of blogtalkradio.com. Our guest online is Brother Dick Gregory, telephone number 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. Hit one on your telephone keypad if you have a question for Dick Gregory. We'll take those questions before we end this interview at approximately 8 o'clock. Brother Dick, South Africa, the story out of South Africa. First, let me just say this. You know, you need to record this and then listen back to it. And then you hear more than the interview. You hear love, you hear kindness, you hear peace. That makes my grandmother understand it, okay? Yes, sir. She don't hear the shock. She hear. Listen at that lovely young man. See, people who knew Malcolm, I'd be embarrassed. Me and Adam Powell, we'd be embarrassed to be around him because we hung out with him for a long time. Right? Mm-hmm. Every night. Every night. He was funny. He was witty. He was clever. And he was he was bashful. Man, I, I, I said, man, let's go. Come on. Oh, man, we're going to sit with that, this boy talk again, man? Come on. And we go and we say, well, Malcolm, we got to cut out now. We're going to get us some white ladies and some whiskey and some barbecue. <laughs> and Malcolm would just laugh. <laughs> but he said, yes, sir, and no, sir, to men, women, and children, to black folks and white folks. That was his real demeanor. His stage demeanor was to wake you up. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. And what a beautiful, I mean, beautiful human being, man. Just kind and polite, but bashful. You you sit around him, man, you feel, you feel funny, man. And so this is what you do with this show. And then you bring people on that we know you wouldn't have on just to get ratings. You bring them on to share them with your family. Hmm? And so that's where it goes. I mean, you can look at anybody. Look at NBC, mm. ABC, CBS. I mean, I mean, when you stop and think about that, that Walter Cronkite, me and him was friends, man. I went to a meeting, man. I saw twenty-eight million dollars being changed. <laughs> mm. Oh, you hear me? Did you hear me? And uh, and he was just so nice, man. And, and kind, and you know, America called him Uncle Walty. Even black folks called the white man Uncle Walty. 
And then one day I get a call that he did a a five-spot interview, five different interviews at LBJ's house in Austin, Texas. And in the interview, up until somebody sent me copies just before it ran, I thought LBJ had something to do with the assassination, with the shooting of JFK. And on the interview, uh, he said to Walter Cronkite, I always believed Lee Harvey Oswell was the lone assailant. I know better now. Now, he didn't say Lee Harvey Oswell didn't have anything to do, which he didn't. Mm-hmm. But he said that the president of the United States, ex-president, what took over after Kennedy, he said it was a conspiracy. huh? Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't get into details. Why? Why was it a conspiracy? Kennedy was shot on Elm Street. The car wasn't supposed to go down Elm Street until 30 right. minutes before it made the turn. Then how did Lee Harvey Oswald know to get a job at the Pre- Texas Book Depository if it wasn't supposed to go down Elm Street? Huh? Mm-hmm. So then when it ran, that part was clipped out. Huh? Clipped out. Mm-hmm. Clipped out. Huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Clipped out. So I bump into him coming through the Kansas City airport. And I said, man, I, I, I looked at your piece on, on LBJ and and that piece that he didn't know I knew. That piece where he told you he didn't think Lee Harvey Oswell, why was that clipped out? He said, oh, CBS overruled me. And I said, well, my grandmother don't call CBS uncle. Hmm? Okay. And he could see he was pained for somebody like me who he loved for my brain to, to feel that way about him, huh? Mm. And, and, and and so consequently, uh, that's that's how they do it. I just looked at uh, J.A. Rogers' book. Yeah. One of the greatest historians talking about the five Negro presidents. Yeah. So I used to hang out at Michelle's bookstore. Ain't never been and never will be one after that. That's where the real folks hung out. Mm. You could just sit there, man, and you could just you could save your movie money because some characters came in there, <laughs> top minds, right? And 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 what happened? They showed me. Michelle said, "I got something to show you. Got something to show you." And I looked at it, and I said, "Eisenhower." Yeah, well, my mama told me Eisenhower was a Negro, mm. but. You can't put that in a book before they dead, huh? Mm. Why you think the, the 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 girl didn't come out and say Strong Thurmond was her daddy till after he died? Why you think the folks in McCole, Mississippi didn't come out and say J. Edgar who was a Negro? Hmm? Mm. Anytime you hear somebody say tall, dark, and handsome, they're not talking about Sidney Poitier. Hmm? Mm. They're not talking about about, about Harry Belafonte. They talking about white men who they know is passing. They've never referred to a black man as tall, dark, and handsome. True. Those were white boys, Rudolph Valentino. Them white folks were committing suicide when he committed suicide. They knew he was a brother. Hmm? Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, we knew that was passed down from our family. Huh? Daddy was a black man. And those of y'all seen the Abraham Lincoln movie up front when he talked about his hair is is comely. comely yeah. Nappy, huh? Yeah. Nappy, the, the the dude that in, invented Kinko, okay? 
and, and then sold it to somebody. But Kinko, why did that? That was his nickname when he was a little boy, Kinky. What? <laughs> Kinky? Okay. And so consequently, when you sit and you look at Marcus Garvey, pulled off something, nobody. He raised more money than anybody in the history of the planet that wasn't on the stock market, huh? And then they came after him and busted him, huh? They set him up. With who? Oh, the sister that wore the African gun. Uh, Queen Mother Moore, huh? She was an FBI prostitute that set him up, okay? And Dorothy Hike. You would sit around and tell us how Dorothy Hike ran the Negro YWCA. And she was talking about how she used to have to catch her and put her out of there with her tricks. <laughs> Coming in the side door. <laughs> So they set him up, busted him, sent him to jail. Was scared to kill him, huh? So they told him he's out, but he couldn't live here. So he said they told him they sent him to the Caribbean. And he said on one condition, I need to have one more rally before my people. Hmm? And 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 uh, uh, so when you stop and think about that. The sister they honored Tamar here with a statue in the, in the halls of Congress. Uh, refused to get off the bus, remember? Oh, Rosa, Rosa, Miss Rosa Parks. Her daddy was cold, man. Daddy sat on the. See, she wasn't no punk lady. She, she watched her daddy sit on the porch every night with a double barrel shotgun because he was angry at the Garvin Knights because if you were yellow, you couldn't get in. He was too yellow oh. to get in. <laughs> So he had to prove something to himself. <laughs> so when he got out of jail, they put him on this 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 barge and sent him to the Caribbean. And he made one stop. They made one stop in New Orleans, and people came from all over the country. Nichols, Nichols, huh? And when they took up the collection to run his organization, just nickels, $3.5 million in nickels, huh? Mm-hmm. And then the government realized they had the right one. Jesus, this man dangerous, huh? Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's how they, that's how they do it, okay? And then so A.J. Rogers, I'm looking at Eisenhower. Well, we knew that. Eisenhower, we saw pictures of his mother. They had to picture in the book of his mother. Seven days Venice out of Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, I hugged him and kissed him. And I said, you'll you be dead before I get back here in two weeks. Two weeks, he was dead. There's a protocol in the madness. Okay, we hate the fact that you're going to do it, but you better not do it to a live one. So tonight... I was at a friend's office, and I saw the book, and I just looked through it, and lo and behold, hmm. I've been taking out the book. Hmm? Wow. <laughs> Did you hear me? I've been taking out the book. Hmm? That's how they do it. Wow. And so if you didn't hear this show tonight, you wouldn't know you ought to go look for one of the old books, and you see Eisenhower in it, Okay. And so, and so, and, 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 and so, consequently, you know, before these type of shows, where would I reach these type of people, huh? Yeah. 
Huh? Where did I reach these type of people? Wow. When I got on the Jack Parr show, I was the first one announced that the United States government bugs people's phone, and Jack Parr went crazy. How dare you? How can you say that? He's waiting for the joke, right? And I said, what evidence do you have? I said, any time a black man in America can owe Bell Telephone $35,000 and they don't cut the phone off, it's love. <laughs> and so it's that whole, that whole thing. When they got hold of Dick, Dick Nixon's hate list and the AP called Mr. Gregory, uh, the news breaking today, that Dick Nixon have a hate list. You number three. Can we get a comment from you? I said, yeah, tell him I accept so he changed his mind. Huh? <laughs> hmm? Man. And so consequently what you're looking at huh, is how they can manipulate, but now they can't do it. So there's other things that that comes out. So I'm listening to the South Africa crisis with the, the blade man. And they say how scared he scared he was the gated community. They won't tell you. They scared of black folks. They was gated before Mandela. They scared of black folks. Six months ago, a bill came up in uh, what's the what's the the vacation city in in, in uh, South Africa? Uh, wow, on the pretty places in the world. Um. See, we all we know about is Cape Town. No, I mean yeah. it is it's Cape Town. What's what's the capital? Where is Man, it's a Cape Town. They brought up a bill six months ago in Cape Town to name a street after Nelson Mandela, and they turned it down. So who runs wow. South Africa? Huh? Wow, are you crazy? Can you imagine somebody going to name something after a powerful Jewish general, and it gets turned down? In Israel, then you know they don't run it, huh? Yeah. And so that's why you heard nobody say with all of that news coming out there about the, the young lady that was killed. You have nobody say, huh, that it's more to it than this, huh? Okay, they went all the way. The, 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 the magistrate, they, they trained him to come there and give that show. Hmm? Give that yeah. show. Why? Because there's information coming out. And, and you you just can't give it based on what NBC, CBS, and ABC is running, huh? And they talk they talk about more about how beautiful she was than she was dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now here's something wrong. When you got people all over the world not buying that story, right? Go ahead. Not buying. Why would her family cremate her? Hmm? Why? Because. When the new when the when the stuff starts coming out, you might have to exhume that body. Hmm? Why would she be cremated, huh? And so and and so consequently, let's let's look at what they told us. And we look, look I'm laying in bed, sleep out, you know, and I turn on the news, and and they they intrude on my space. Oh, so I never heard of. I didn't know the blade. I didn't know the blade man was that big, huh? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, but I can see why after I got to looking at it. I said, because, you know, it's like if your sister got burned up and she recovered. You know how people's face look after they get burned? And she goes to Hollywood and do a movie and win the Academy Award. Do you know what happens to people all over the world that's been burned? Huh? Who's up until then 
nobody has no use for that look, huh? Yeah. And then all at once, her people that's been burned is happy all over the world. If she gets so famous, they'll, they'll take them veils off. Look at this, huh? Take my wig off and look at my head burned and scarred, right? So I didn't understand how, you know, invalid people felt to see this guy. Now, I'll be honest, as a world-class track man, he never would have ran against one of my grandchildren without going to court. Yeah. Look at this, man. You got some artificial feet? That's like having jet engines. And you're going to run against my child. Don't no blood go down there. Your feet can't get tired, huh? There's no lactic acid coming down there and then going back up to your heart, huh? <laughs> and you can't look, look, man, gravity pull, gravity pull. That's why when you wake up in the morning, you taller than you are at night when you go to bed because gravity pull pulls you down. Hmm? And then when you land in bed, the body goes back up to its natural size. So that that blood got to come and circulate and go back up and then come back down. And you out there with some blades, I'm not running against my grandchildren. Hmm? Hmm. And so and, 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 and so consequently, I didn't know the glamour here. Now, the girl, I, ain't, I ain't never heard of her. I don't know nobody ever heard of her. My wife said, Greg, did you know uh, the, the papers are saying he was voted one of the most top ten hundred Glamorous women in the world. I said, you could make that. You know how many people a hundred is? Mm. You know how many people a hundred is? You realize I could, I could take, I could take a picture of you the size of a stamp and put it right in the pile. Mm. And I said, look at that black woman. Look how pretty she is, huh? Mm. I mean, to be be one out of a hundred? You serious? <laughs> yeah, one in three. Come on, y'all. <laughs> and so, consequently. We wake up and we hear. Well, I, had to, I had to get the fog out my head because I had never heard of her, and and vaguely remember him, right? Yeah. And then the more you listen to it, and you can see that old that old PR thing perking up. Why do you think Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston became the largest in the history of the world of black stars? Because whoever wanted to do that, they used the same PR tactics they used for the Pentagon. That's why people accept war. Hmm? That wasn't just some little Madison Avenue punk, huh? And that's why they shot up. Pow! Went all the way up ahead of Michael J. ahead of uh, Elvis Presley, huh? And so that's what that was about. And so consequently, I'm looking at this PR game. I'm saying, wow, wow, wow. And he's telling them what happened. She was in bed with her. So I kept saying, well, you know how white folks feel about they precious white lady. They don't want you to know that she's sleeping with her lover like my sister do in the ghetto. Yeah. So now they finally came out with the story. Two days ago, she called this friend and told her she's tired, so she thinks she's going to stay overnight, right? Well, I said, well, where'd her clothing bag come from with her nightgown stuff in it? <laughs> where was she staying? And so consequently, he hears something. And you see what he said? He went and closed the window. Mm. Well, if you're so scared, why you leave a window open? And underneath it is a ladder where somebody was doing some work, huh? Yeah. Okay. 
you 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 left and you went to open up the window and bring in the fan, and when you came back, you heard something. Huh? huh? You heard something. What do you say? Come out of there with your hands up, huh? I got the drop on you, huh? Then I'll fire a shot in the air, so you know I ain't playing. You know. Now how was she in there? And the first shot, nobody heard her scream. She wasn't yelling. Oh, don't hit me. This is me, darling. Huh? A fool would do that unless there was more to it. So I couldn't understand how she got up to go pee and carried both her cell phones in there with her. And then I found out from some friends I have in South Africa that know how to snoop, said the whole argument started over... uh, What's that stuff you call uh, uh, texting? Yeah. Well, my little precious son, man, he, 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 him and his wife getting a divorce. He, you can't find a more precious human being than him. And I guess he texts something to some woman, and she found it. And now they want to have a meeting, a family meeting, to discuss it. I told him, you better not go there and say business. <laughs> we ain't going to discuss nothing. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't book me in. You know, if I got that day open, put me in the hospital to be examined, huh? They're going to go to the park, huh? Oh, they'll never pull out a gun on me. They're going to commit suicide and take the whole the whole, the whole, whole tribe with them. <laughs> and so that's what he found. I can't think of the name of some big athlete or something. That's what the argument was about, huh? Now, I know that. And the investigator, and then they want to make like the investigators that such bunglers, huh? Oh, they didn't test the phone. All you got to do is hit the phone and and go back in the numbers there. And so all at once now, we uh we hear this game and hear this game. Oh, he shot her five times like that. Well, you we just stop there, please stop there, please, please. Hollywood movie, they would they wouldn't even try that. And so now we're looking, and if he fell down the steps, I don't know if I told you this before, if you fell down the steps, man, and your wife was coming up, and you accidentally hit her five times, you broke her neck, you fractured her jaw, you fractured her skull, you broke her nose, man, who are you going to convince that was an accident, huh? Mm. But now mm. if they put you in jail for that, but they didn't put him in jail and left him there for murder, mm. huh? All this crap about well he's got he's not not until you find him no 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 I can keep him in jail that, that, mm. that's my law I keep him in jail until he has a trial huh mm. these are the same people that when OJ was found out they're crying they still crying still hollering it again put him in jail for stealing yes. his own jewelry huh yes sir help you hear me and so yes, consequently sir. now you look at that and you say wow wow. Something is not right. And why haven't the head of state said something? Why? Well, President ain't got no business getting involved with that. But when your economy is based on tourism, and this is the first time people realize how scared white folks are in there, you got to come out and say something, right? Mm-hmm. That's your economy. Haven't heard a word. Haven't heard a word. And now you got people comparing it to OJ without yeah. saying it's a Negro thing. Hmm? 
it's a Negro thing, huh? Oh, listen at this here. It's, it's, it, you know, and so so OJ. When you look at OJ, um, he uh, what's the girl's name that got killed? It's OJ. Oh, I don't mean to my name now. Yeah. Well, anyway, she she was his ex-wife, right? Yeah. And so when they're talking about the tapes where she was hollering to 911, <laughs> what he's doing, he's going to hurt me. Anybody going to get hurt, they're not going to be on the 20 minutes to 911. <clears throat> he must be walking slower than Frankenstein. <laughs> if you listen to them tapes, did you hear them tapes, the 911 tapes? No, huh? no. If I did, Wait. I don't remember, brother. No, you, have, you need to go hear him. You need to hear him. Okay. That's what Russ Limbo got in trouble for. He had a TV show. Did you know Russ Limbo had a TV show? No. 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 And during the OJ trial, he played the tapes. And that's when his real thing came out, not the game he played. You know, Russ Limbo's producer been a black man for 31 years, huh? Wow. Okay. And what he said is, if y'all slow these tapes down and listen to them like we have, you find out she ain't that goody-goody white girl. Oh. Don't you know when he took a commercial break, he never came back on TV again in his life. They fired wow. him doing the commercial. You hear me? Damn. Okay. Russ Limbo, but where else could you make $300 million on a raise? You got to pay that to the Universal order, but I'm glad somebody did it because the white folks don't have the hate toward just now. They got somebody they can turn on every night. You know how I many people, when something happens, they say, hey, hey, wait till Brother Leroy come on. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So they say, yeah, wait till the wait till the brother come on. So now they got something they can talk about around the water cooler because the boss okayed it, huh? <laughs> that's, what, that's what this is about, right? And yeah. so consequently, what two things they didn't tell you is O.J. Simpson cannot read or write, huh? Can't read a lick, man. Then who was that sitting at the table with them legal pads that's supposed to be O.J.? And he was writing more than the lawyers, huh? Mm-hmm. But how come every one of them lawyers on both sides that handled that, all of them got out of practice? How much money did they give both sides, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm? And so, and so, so consequently, you know, somebody came up with the the tape of of. The, the the lead detective Foreman, Mark Foreman. Yeah. <clears throat> and I resent, you know, I wouldn't do a show if somebody told me, don't use the word N word. Hey, hey, man, keep your show. That's that's an insult to me, huh? Can you imagine telling a Jew don't mention Nazi? Mm. Just say the N word. Are you crazy? Don't mm. mention concentration camp. Just say the C word, and we buy that crap. Hmm. That is insane. Tell a woman that after all them Germans raped you and, 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 and all them folks that came in there with NATO raped you black women, but you can't say that. You have to say the R word. Are y'all crazy, huh? Are y'all, see the problem? Black folks slavery to run us crazy because we took the shame for what the white folks should be taking shame for. Huh? Crazy. And so consequently, every time you looked there and you saw him 
saying that word, huh? And I just say disrespect for you and respect for these old radio stations. That's silly enough because they're trying to get loans from white banks, huh? Right, right. Okay. And and why could I talk about the Germans if I was a Jew and don't have to use code words, but I can't talk about slavery and use the word they call me? Why? Because America do not feel guilty, okay, for what mm-hmm. the Germans did, okay? Mm. That's someplace else. Yeah, so, we build some museums, huh? Let's do this here. But they feel guilty. My grandson, eight, seven years old, taught me that. Hmm? The reason we can't talk about what happened during slavery and use them words they called us because America feel a little guilt. Hmm? Hey, hold what... on for a second. We're going back to announcements. And once again, telephone number 213-943-3618. This is the classroom. You're welcome to join in. Before we conclude our interview with Brother Dick Gregory, remember the number 213-943-3618. Hit one on your telephone keypad, and I have to also speak to our engineer during the break and thank you all for your support we'll be right back Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we're black with you. I'm Brother Leroy, Brother Dick Gregory on the line, doing critical analysis of what's in the news, some of the events in the news, looking at it from different angles and hopefully... I'm not going to say hopefully, what happens with this kind of analysis, it begins to grow with you. You begin to look at things a little bit sharper. And um, on that note, Brother Dick Gregory, there's a commercial. 
there's a commercial on TV. It's a Geico commercial. I don't know whether you see it or not. It's a pig driving a car with a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll talk about that right after we take this call. Caller, you on the air. Thank you for your patience. You're on with Dick Gregory. Your question, please. God bless you, Dick Gregory, to you and the family. Can you hear us, caller? Okay, maybe there there's a little problem. Um, hit one on your telephone keypad. Our engineer should be able to put it through for you. But anyway, engineer? going back. Yes, did you hear something? You're, you're yeah, there? this is Brother James. Yes, I can hear you very well. Okay. God Good. bless you, Brother James. Well, God bless you, brother. I'm always excited to hear what the, you know, what you have to say, Dick Gregory. is always inspiring and informing. Thank and you. Uh, because today is Savior's Day, I wanted to ask you a question because I heard that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that you were the most funniest man that he has ever met and that he admired your work, your, your, your contributions to the community and everything. So I wanted to know, if it was true that you were able to have one-on-one conversations with him, and if what, whatever you can, could you just share? What yeah, I went right it. around the corner from him. He lived right there about two blocks from the University of Chicago, and I lived the, you know, the same area. I go around and see him all the time. I mean, I even asked him to co-sign for me one time. <laughs> and, and so he he said to me one day, he said, Dick Gregory, said, uh, I see you on TV. You sound more like a Muslim than a Muslim. When you going to join the mosque? And I said, hey, champ, let me tell you something. <laughs> I said, I think we deserve a black pope, and that's why I just want you to go all the way, all the way, all the way. But let me tell you, when you see me on TV and you see my attitude and what I'm saying, I see, I learned a long time ago, whatever make white folk mad, make Negroes glad. Mm. So anytime you see me, I'm not trying to join nothing. I'm just trying to make white folk mad. <laughs> <laughs> And then one day he said to me and Tony Brown, hmm? and I swear I don't know who shut Tony Brown up. You, you you wouldn't even know he ever lived on the planet. Yeah. So me and Tony was at the house. And let me tell you something, brother. You ain't never had no bean soup. If you ate his bean soup, you would have your wife put in jail. Hmm? <laughs> I mean, I mean now, let me just throw this out at you now. Yes, sir. Navy bean soup. Navy beans, huh? Mm. That's what he was trying to say without saying it. You go to the Senate dining room or the Congressional dining room, and at the bottom of the menu it says, by act of Congress, we must have Navy bean soup every day. So I asked the richest congressperson, uh, Congressman Richmond from Richardson from, from New York, lived in Sutton Place, billionaire. Me and him was good friends. I said, why, why, why is this? Oh, come on, that's not so lucky. It says it right here, man. Hmm? So we go over to the Senate side, and it says the same thing. And then I got to checking it out and found out Navy beans is really called white northerners. Most of them grown in Michigan. The honor Elijah Muhammad would go in there and buy about 80% of the crop, but he had enough sense to know if you stats, so he would 
theirs off the top and then sell the rest of them back to Kroger's and in peace so wouldn't nobody get suspicious. Mm. Navy beans is called navy beans because it's the only food you can put on the ship that a rat can't eat. Mm. Well, why is that important? Because rat's teeth grow every second the way your hair grows. Mm. And rats, if they didn't gnaw, find something to gnaw their teeth down, they'd choke to death. So that's why a rat and a mouse's jaws is stronger than an elephant, a hippopotamus, and a rhinoceros. So it's the only thing you can put on the ship that a rat can eat. He saw this mess coming down, and he just told people to put the navy beans away, put them away. And the ones I put away, I put them away in 73, and they're still good. Now, they can't germ. Now, once you, and you don't cook them. No, no. I dare you to cook something with everybody that ain't got no food. They can smell your food. I know because when I fast, how far I can smell food. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. take a hammer, the navy beans, and some water, and you crush them up to powder, and you drink them. Out of that, the navy beans have 20 of the 21 amino acids, and once you get 20, the body will manufacture the 21st one. That's who he was. Hmm? Oh. And clever enough. So he told me and Tony Brown one day, he said, man, how come y'all don't like Dick Nixon? He's a good man. <clears throat> he said, yeah, I got to go to, I got to go, that's, that's, that's Elijah. Mm-hmm. I'm invited to Washington tomorrow to go to the White House. I said, when you going? to the tomorrow How are you going? I said, I'm flying. Where? To the National Airport. And then how you going to get to the White House? Oh, they're going to pick me up and pick up my check. I said, well, I'll be back here tomorrow to look at it. Tony said he couldn't come back because he had something to do in New York. I went back. I saw the check, $100 million, okay? <laughs> Did you hear me? And if y'all been following that trial about those women he's supposed to have, and if you followed that, you find out that that $100 million, they're still in court fighting over the money because that $100 million check is in the, the Continental mm. Bank in Chicago. That's who he was, huh? But I couldn't believe that he'd let Hoover dupe him and Malcolm too. All them letters, hate mail that Elijah was getting from Malcolm and Malcolm, that was coming out the CIA headquarters. They didn't know that. Hmm? That's what time when you get when you get up there and and you let your emotions take over, a evil, dirty, half breed white boy can trick you. And so, consequently, that was when I first met Malcolm. I was in New York. I was the hottest entertainer on the planet. I get a call. Uh, Dick Gregory, Brother Malcolm. Hey, champ, what's going on? Uh, when you when can you come to the mosque? I said, wait, let me see. Uh, hey, send a call for me now. And he said, I'll get back. So he got back. His whole demeanor had changed. This is his humanity. I said, Dick, thank you much, but you can't come here, man. My people come in to see you, and they tell me 99% of your audience is white folks. I said, Malcolm, you called me and asked me when I could come, and I just told you, send a car, but now I'm going to put these conditions on it. The car picked me up, and me and you will stand in front of the mosque and take some pictures. And I want to see him on the front page of Muhammad Speaks. Mm. 
And he kept saying, Greg, you don't think you don't have to. That's the law. And about three weeks later, the picture ran on the front page of hmm. Muhammad Speaks, right? And so this is, this is uh, you know, this is the, the, the man was so kind and, and and so, but that scared black folks. I know I don't know no black person like going was scared of a pimp, or a hustler, mm. or a gambler, huh? or a thug. But the white folks say, "Be scared of them. Be scared of the nation of Islam. Be mm. scared. Anybody calls themselves a nation, huh? We can't tolerate that." And so black folks were scared of Malcolm. And after white folks killed him, they put him on a stamp. Those of y'all listen, when the last time a family member of yours been on a stamp? Hmm? Wow. And the person that put him on the stamp wasn't no black folks sitting in the room, just like when they decided we're going to use the N-word. Wasn't no black folks sitting in the room make that decision. That was yeah. white folks. Because white folks really believe it was that word that got Mark Furman free. So mm. they said, wow, let's never, ever. And so, so thank you, but let me just finish one thing. Yes, sir. Uh, O.J. Simpson, the, the 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 news people said that first, where do you live, brother? I'm in New York, sir. Okay, if I took a homeless person that died and put him in front of your house, and you called 911 and they came out and found the dead homeless person, how long you would think it would be before they, they sent the coroner's wagon out to get him, just roughly? Two hours. Okay, then why did those bodies that they say O.J. killed, why did they stay there from a little bit before 11 till 12 noon the next day? Huh? Mm. Well, what means by that? When you do that, you can convincing people it was just two people. It was three people killed that night, mm. okay? And that's mm. why Marsha Clark kept saying, O.J.'s blood was all over the place, and they kept shutting up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, mm. shut up, shut up. If you go back and look at the trial, when O.J.'s mother flew down there, see when Nicole Simpson they had the funeral. Okay, O.J. hadn't been hadn't been busted. His mother came down there to the funeral and saw O.J. <laughs> she had a heart attack there, put on a jet and fly back. And the whole 18 months he was in jail. She never once come to jail to see him. Who did she see? Huh? Okay. And that trial, if you notice the trial. O.J. every day came in brand-new tailor-made outfits and tailor-made, huh? Y'all hear me? Mm. See, this you can check. Now, the news person said the next day when the story broke um, to to her mother. Oh, I forgot about the the uh, the white boy. What's his name that, that, uh, that said, if you slow this up, you find out she ain't that goody, good little white girl. Oh, uh, 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 here's what happened. She called OJ and said, I've gone through the money. Can you give me a check early? Okay. And he came by the house and knocked on the door. And uh, no answer. He went to the back and knocked on the door and peeped through the window. And she's there with a dude sitting on the couch. She on her knees. And that's what OJ was screaming about. Them damn children upstairs. What kind of fool are you? That's what she was screaming and yelling about. And everybody was thinking, huh? And to show you how they do it, um, what was the what was the big thing? Uh, uh, Ike and Tina Turner. What was the movie? 
Uh, oh, wow. Not what, uh, what's love got to do with it? No, the other one. Anyway, anyway, as many times as Liz Taylor got beat up, well, it might have been what love got to do with it. They never did a movie of, of her getting beat up. Every, every thug she was dating whooped her. Okay? And so why did they get so touchy and love about black folks? They're going to show a black couple fighting all day long. My sister went to school with Ike and Tina. They weren't from St. Louis. They were from across the river. And the people I know said that if Tina, if Ike ever got high enough on coke to act a fool, it was after Tina had fell unconscious. Okay? Mm. And said if Ike ever knocked Tina out, right, it was why she was so drugged out, she she'd whoop Tina Ike every night. <laughs> See, that's the real history. So anyway, mm. somebody called the mother and said, when was the last time you talked to your daughter alive? She said, uh, last night about 11 o'clock. Now, this, this is the, the, the press. They don't, they just playing it straight. Well, well, how you know it was exactly 11 o'clock? Because my husband and I had dinner an hour and a half from our house. And we left there at 9.30, so we couldn't have got home for 11 o'clock. Now, I have a problem with that. Because he couldn't have been there doing all that. When his plane is supposed to take off at 11 o'clock. <laughs> now, so what happened? All you got to do is prove it. It's, it's going to court and, and 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 get an order that Bell Telephone have to trace that last phone call. They did. Federal judge ordered to be locked under the key for 50 years yeah. in Dallas, Texas, in the safe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You hear how this? You see how this stuff works? Huh? This is how it works. Anytime you have a filthy country that do the things that they, we do, the people. A white woman didn't get the right to vote to nineteen twenty-one. She came over on the boat with the boys. His mama, his girlfriend, his wife, his sister, his aunt, his daughter. You know who that is? And so, so consequently, all of that is there. So when they compare this. They all right about comparing the South everything to this. It is something we ain't been told about, huh? It is something we haven't been told about. But that's white boy privilege. South Africa is the number one country in the world that abused women. Mm. And they only have two percent prosecution. The rest of them walk free, huh? And so we have a we have another caller on the okay. line, Paula. Call your near with Brother Dick Gregory. Your question, please. Caller? Caller, can you hear us? You're on the air with Brother Dick Gregory. Okay. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Dick. Go back to uh, the point about the uh, uh, the the um, South Africa being uh, a place most abusive to women. To women, yeah, y'all, y'all can punch that up on your computer. There's another. They're the number one country in the world where battered women come up and nothing happens at all. And so, consequently, I hope this one will wake women up all over the world. Here's a 14-year-old girl in Pakistan led a march 
for women to have the right to go to school, huh? And they shot her in her head twice. And the only reason she's alive, because medical technology, huh? Yeah. And so if this one don't make women come around and say enough is enough, it took Emmett Till to promote Rosa Parks yeah. in her mind, okay? So if yeah. this one all over the world start women to marching over what happened to this this woman, and then you put that pressure and talk about boycotting, how you think South Africa got the right for self-government, if that's what you call it, because right. we threatened to boycott South Africa, huh? So it's the women, the women, the women who get battered and bruised. A woman in America tonight with a Ph.D. make 87 cents on the dollar compared to a white right. boy that right. a Ph.D. A white woman is five times more likely to be rejected when she goes to get a market the first time than a white boy to finish high school. This is something about a white woman with a Ph.D., huh? So this is the time that you can use this, huh? To say, do you realize the homeless shelters in America, their address cannot be printed or phone number because men would come to the shelter and whoop them again? You believe this? Yeah. You were with the cops, man. You you can't go to the bank and whoop a teller. Huh? And so and so consequently when you look and you see that and then they dish out this stuff on the Pope and there's a possibility the Pope could get arrested before this weekend. I mean, ever since he said that he was going to step down, you had a cardinal that was busted yesterday and deflopped in, in, uh, what was it, in in, in the U.K., but it was in uh, Scotland. You had the big boy in California, Mahoney, that was busted. He's so arrogant with his white boy. He said he's still, but they're telling him don't come. He said he's going over there anyway, although he can't vote, huh? (laughs) <laughs> okay, and what they busted them for Well, I guess the church can breathe a sigh of relief What they really took them down for Was they got them safe houses over there Where the the, the Pope and the Cardinals They come there and go to the safe house And they hire male prostitutes Not little children, male prostitutes And then the mob over there got together taking pictures and suing them. And I understand the Vatican been paid out a billion dollars. But I think somebody's blackmailing them. I think it might be the Knights of Malta for the jewelry. You know, they say nobody has an array of diamonds and rubies in the Vatican. I think that's what they're pushing for. And somebody in the Vatican said, hey, hey, Pope, that's not yours. (laughs) That's ours. And so that's what that's about. And, 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 And so... The, the first time he broke after he said he was going to step down, the first time he spoke, he said, all of us have sinned. Oh, man, don't count me in that until you see me. Huh? Don't count me in All of us. You say all you Catholics have sinned. Don't say all of us have sinned. Huh? Don't, don't include me. I called my wife. I said, did you hear what the Pope said? I said, yes. I said, do you, you, you believe he's talking about me? Of course not. <laughs> oh, well, the Pope don't count in my house. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know if I told you, man. The the, the 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 cardinal, everybody talk about the black next pope gonna be a black cardinal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's two of them. One of them I think he said some bitter things about Muslims, so I don't think they'll pick him. Mm. But 
the the brilliant one is the, that one from Spain. I mean, they say he is the most brilliant cardinal ever, uh, uh, Cardinal Sacola. But mm. the Vatican told him he cannot be ruled in because the Vatican would be embarrassing the next pope being Pope Sacola. Ha, 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 ha. Pope Sacola. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> what we're looking at is the Cardinal Mahoney and this Pope, when he was a Cardinal in Germany, uh, the last Pope who was uh, Polish, uh, after he was picked, 1.5 million white folks left the Catholic Church. Huh? That's how filthy the church can be. They talk about this and talk about that and love of God. And one man who is them, white, huh? church, know more about the Catholic Church than they do. They left. I wonder when's the last time a large number of white folks left the whole house. And so consequently, the mob, Catholic, they run in and confess every morning, Father Superior, <laughs> forgive me quick, I killed 27 people last night. You got to do it quick. I got 12 more. I got to kill for noon. <laughs> 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 and, so, and so anyway, here's what happened. When he wasn't a pope, he was a cardinal in Germany. They already hooked him to that Nazi youth camp. And when he was the cardinal, uh, the Polish Pope hooked him and Mahoney together and said, cover up this whole pedophile thing. Mm. Now, that means that uh, the Polish Pope will never make a saint because he's already mm. been busted and be disgraced, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what the bus came down for. So then the Pope said, <laughs> I can't believe he was that stupid, he picked three cardinals to investigate and report to him by two weeks ago. Now, they've been running stuff about the Pope's lover. They call him Gorgeous George. Mm. And he's on the front cover of Vanity Fair, the Italian edition, and they got the lover there by itself, and the headlines is, there's nothing sinful about being pretty. Mm. <laughs> wow, mm. listen to this bug, huh? And so, so when they bought the, you know, this Pope wear red shoes. You see, he's gonna wear some brown sandals now. He got from Mexico. <laughs> the red shoes. They brought him three thousand pages of the final report two weeks ago, bound in red. Huh? <laughs> and so when he came to New York, man, the New York Daily News did a big story. Oh, gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. And so anyway, that's that's what. And now uh, the, the the stuff that the uh, the uh, I don't know if I told you uh, about. I had a copy eighteen months ago of the stuff that the butler leaked. Huh? It, it talked about yeah. It talked about uh, drugs, uh, uh, sex, scandals blackmail, 
and uh, uh, all the, the 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 safe houses. Now he goes to jail. Hmm? Christmas past Christmas, the Pope go to see him and forgive him. Huh? <laughs> he gets out in May and comes right back to work for this new hospital, the Vatican is building, which is under the auspices of the, the Knights of Malta. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so so he's right back on the payroll. Okay, mm-hmm. and so that's what that's what we looking at. And anybody, you know, you know, the Pope, that job is for life. Okay. And here, if he is that tired, huh? And sickly, the Catholic Church is the largest industry in the world. It's a multi-trillion dollar industry with over a billion members. Why would he be so ungodly and spiritual to quit the job with two weeks' notice and they have to bring somebody else in to run that huge operation? What kind of what kind of thug is he, huh? That don't even make sense. If he's sick, he ain't just get sick last week. He's been mm. sick for 20 years, huh? Mm. And, so, and, and so when you look back behind something until somebody explains something to you, hmm? and mm. so consequently they still got to cover up the Catholic Church. I mean, because, you know, if it all collapsed and something from nothing is nothing. But that's what it's about. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm saying, Dick, I want to thank you. We're at the end for this session. You dropped some nuggets on us, and the whole idea of having you this evening is to sharpen our critical thinking, the way we look and hear, look at things and hear things, and even how we communicate so that we must, we become a much more aware people. Thank you, yes. Like to be fooled. Yeah, quickly, let me just say this. My wife, Lillian, we've been married 54 years, right? And she called me today and she said, do you, 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 me and you all right? I said, yeah. So you're not angry about nothing, no. She said, I was cleaning out the closet and saw them two leg blades in there. <laughs> I said, no, dear. I just got those so you can shovel the snow. <laughs> you know, your head record record mouth of snow, and I just forgot where I put them, girlfriend. And now that you know, you got a big blizzard coming there today. Them legs, but don't let everybody see you because they see that the whole neighborhood would get out of town. Love you, brother. God bless you, and thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right, my brother, peace. Thank you, babe. Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with another interview. Our concluding interview is Brother Elisha. Brother Elisha is a young brother who is part of an organization in motivating people to aid in tracking down who've been abducted or just plain disappeared. So we'll be with him in a few minutes, and stay tuned. And thank you for your support of the commercial products and the announcements on the Keys 107 Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, you. Bring that microphone over here. I want to tell you something. Hey, hey, hey. My name is Bobby, and I've been living homeless on the streets of New York for years. And the only reason why I'm eating out of dumpsters and I'm living without my family is because I lost my keys. Listen to Keys. 107 on Block Talk Radio.
Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, This is Respect for Life. I'm Brother Leroy. This is the Keys 107 Network. We're very thankful to you for your patience and for your support of the Keys 107 Network. We have an array of programs that meet the necessity of bringing information and circulating information among us as a people and just people in general, bringing you information that you would not hear anywhere else. We pride ourselves in being that unique and with us for this last segment of the Respectful Life show is a young brother Elisha who is involved in forming an organization a foundation to raise funds to track down children and missing purpose persons rather I'm sorry but Elisha thank you for joining us on the Keys 107 network Hi how are you I'm excellent, my dear brother. Let's get into the background of your organization. What has led you to be a part of a foundation effort to uh, raise money to find and track down lost children and adults? Okay, the reason behind it is because I have a missing little cousin. His name is Jaira Harris. He's been missing for 10 years. Um and, you know, my my family struggled a lot trying to get help, you know, being denied as an African-American person, you know, being denied help. So I figured that I would take it into my own hand along with my family and, and you know, form an organization to begin help for everyone, to make it fair for everyone to get help, you know, not just, you know, just not favoritism. So um, I did. I did shows. We actually had a show last Saturday, All White Affair, um, honor of missing children in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, and I have my own modeling company called Urban Entertainment, and they helped me a lot. And they are, and we're going to be doing previous shows on behalf of missing children and and help bring them back home. 
taping sound. So give us some background on how your 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 cousin, the little the little boy, was lost. Okay, he was kidnapped from Irvington, New Jersey, um, June two thousand uh, two thousand and two, and um, his name is Jeremy Harris. He was taken at the age of two. He'll be now thirteen, and we've been looking for him ever since, with no word, no help, or anything from anyone. And we've always been denied every time we try to ask um, others, you know, the local community, um, other air stations, and, and multiple things. So now that now that we have taken in our hands, now now we're we're getting the support that we need, and we need all the support that we can. We we accept any support that's available from anyone. But what was the circumstances under which the boy was taken? Um. That's still un- unknown. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. The boy was two years old. Yes. And where was he? Was he in the house? Was he outside? Yes, he was in, yes, he was in, he was in the house that we had recently lived at. And he was taken out the bed, but there was no break-ins or anything. So that's that's what we're still trying to investigate, and we don't we don't believe that the Irvington police are doing enough to investigate it. What what about the mother and father of the child? Were they were they where? They were incarcerated at the time. So who was caring for the baby? The, we took me me and my family were taking care of the baby. Okay, so the baby was taken at night during the day, afternoon, or what? The baby was kidnapped during the midnight. Okay, so. Uh, I'm assuming that people were asleep or they're in a different part of the house exactly. or what? Yes, people were asleep. People were asleep, so it's, it's like a, a very unsolved mystery that we've been com- we've been trying to come to a conclusion. Uh-huh. And we've been we've been looking for support, but you know we need we need help. You know, um, you know, raising money to get private investigators and stuff like that, and you know things to to lead to his tracking to help find him safe and sound. What did the police say regarding the disappearance? What did they what did they offer as a possibility as to where this child was or who may have taken him? At at that time at that time they offer reward. Ever since after that we haven't heard anything. They haven't offered anything and they have not helped with anything. They we don't we don't even know if they're even looking to it now. They're just going by word of mouth. It's not it's not a it's not a closed case, but in my opinion, we're not getting the help that we need as African American people. Did the what did the parents say or think about the child being taken? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? When the parents, let's say the mother, when the mother found out that the baby was missing, what did she think might have happened to the child? She was she was unspoken. She just was hurt. She was hurt and you know, she was crying, she was she was just she's to this day she's in so much pain and shock that her baby is gone and she just wants she just wants her baby back safe and sound 
and she still she still questions it. How old still, how old were you at the time that the child was taken? Me, I was about maybe about I had to be about twelve, thirteen myself, because I'm now twenty two years old. So the yeah, uh, about about nine or ten. The mother and, and the father were incarcerated for drug possession or something like that? No, it was other personal reasons. Okay, so, and and, and what about other children in that area? Other children in, in in that area, were there other disappearances? Well, there there were two other children in the bed with him. No, no, no. In in that area where, where there are other children... Instances or cases of children coming up missing? No. No. As far as we look at, no. So it was a case of somebody coming in the house and taking that child. I'm sorry, repeat that? With a case of someone coming in the home yes. and taking that child. Yes. And I have the mother. I have the mother here right next to me too. At this time. Okay. Well, does she want to speak or what? Sure. She would love to get out here. This is Blog Talk Radio, the Keys One Hundred Seven Network. I'm Bubba Leroy, and we're speaking with a family whose uh, young child uh, some 10 years ago disappeared from the house, taken out of the home. Uh, ma'am, are you with us? Yes. Hello? Yes, ma'am. Uh, share with us your name, sis. Uh, my name is Janet Harris. Janie? Janet. Janet Harris? Yes. And... and um, you were incarcerated at the time that the child was taken. Yes. That happened because um, my son had a brittle bone disease called osteogenesis and imperfecta, and it causes, like, breaks, and they thought that I was abusing him, so they locked me up. And two weeks later, my son became missing from my family house in Irvington. Man. Wow. Hmm. Did you have any thoughts at that time as to what might have happened with the child? Some enemy enemy of yours who may have taken advantage of the situation to come and take the child. I'm I'm, I'm just guessing. I'm not doing a Geraldo Rivera thing. I'm just going through uh, some of the possibilities. Well, at the time, since I was locked up, I thought that, you know, that my child was going to be safe where he was. And I didn't know that, you know, that he would become missing. And I'm not sure who did it, but a lot of people don't want to help us because he was with my family. So they say that my family has something to do with it. But that would be crazy. Yes, because, you know, I'm thinking that my child is going to be safe and that, you know, I just need to get out of this situation and I could just come home and take care of him. But between that time and being incarcerated, all of a sudden he just disappeared. And it's kind of hard to deal with because 
Even when you pass out flyers, people will take them and just throw them away like it's nothing. You know, I have to deal with this every day, knowing that my child is out here, and he's, I don't know if he's dead or alive, and I haven't seen him for 10 years. The, the town is Irvington, New Jersey. Yes, sir. And you're uh, taken out of your home because they think that you are abusing, had abused the child, but the child is still in the family's care. Yes. Uh, he's the youngest of the uh, the three children that were in that room? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, what about yourself in terms of of that which people don't really sometimes talk about? What about dreams? Did you ever have a notion of where he was, where you might have seen him in your mind's eye or in your dream state? Well, ever since this all happened, I never had that feeling that he's dead or anything. I know he got to be out here. I just can't put my hand on where he's at right now. But it's coming to me like that he's still safe and that maybe one day I still got hope to find him. Now, in in a case like yours, you would need help and assistance in um, someone doing, this, this is based on what you see on TV, but it's real. Doing a a how the child looks at this age, so he would be twelve right now, right? He's thirteen right now. And he, he's thirteen right now, so there would be a rendering of how he looks at at this age. Yes, and I have the upgrade. I have the upgrade of him. You you do? Yes, they do. Um, they did one this year. I mean, not this year. They did one last year, so I have the most recent upgrade to him. This is the police authorities or some other agency? This is from the the National Missing and Exploited Children. They do, they do it like every two years. Oh, okay. So getting that out there, have you been able to get on uh, public access TV? Do they have that in your area, public access? No. Well, in 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 New York, there's a Manhattan Neighborhood Network. There's um, there's these networks that are where where you turn to you turn the TV on as cable, and you see people doing their own kind of programs. You know, it might look amateur, it might even look professional, but yeah. certain channels where you you know it's a neighborhood person or a community person that's on doing a talk show or whatnot. They don't have that. That in your area? Um, they probably do. It's just that I haven't been paying attention. It's just that every day I'm just trying to make it. And some days I don't have good days where I'm just crying and it's, the day is just not a good day for me. And it got to the point where people are say no to me so many times, I don't know what to do anymore. Okay, so you need... You need some basic help, yes, for example, sir. with with your the rendering of the child at the age of twelve. Um, 
that would be a story in itself to get on some public access uh, TV shows either in your area or in the New York metro area. Um, wow, I don't even know that. that uh, I'm just thinking. Well, let's do this. Mm-hmm. People have a notion of maybe some child is a teenager now uh, that might fit the fact that, you know, uh, somebody all of a sudden had a child that they didn't, they weren't pregnant with 10 years ago mm-hmm. and um, so forth and so on. It's a male child. They may have a notion. How do people connect with either the foundation that Elisha is involved in or or whomever in order to either assist you or provide some lead or something that might exist out there? Well, so far, this was our first. We was trying to do a fundraiser so I could get a foundation started for him. So this was our first show to raise money to do the foundation. A lot of the places don't want to help you, not unless you got a tax number, you know, so that they could get their right off as well. Because we was trying to get, like, the radio stations to come out, and they was telling us if we didn't have no tax number that they wouldn't have been able to come out. So we couldn't get a lot of people to help us. Hmm. Hmm. And I was, you know, we was even trying to reach out to some of the stars, but they wanted too much money and we couldn't afford it, so we had to let that go, too. (laughs) They wanted money. Yes, it's like nobody can want to do nothing for charity. And we got in touch with Monique for, you know, people, and they wanted a good bit, and we couldn't afford that hearse. So we just moved on with the show to the best of our knowledge. It was the first one, and it was a little rocky, but we did what we could, and it turned out to be all right. Well, here's here's what you need. You need one or two people who are versed in public publicity or public relations. Mm-hmm. One of the places that you can explore is the community colleges in your area. Okay. That, that may have a marketing department, and you would make contact with the uh, person that heads that department and say, look, what we, we're in need of promoting or getting this information out about my boy who was taken 10 years ago. And the expertise that you have in the public relations class, I'm proposing that the students in your public relations class take this on as a project. And that would get you some traction there. You got, um, that's the, and that wouldn't be, I wouldn't go to them for some money for the foundation. I'd go to them for exposure for getting some some guided help in getting the image of that boy out over TV, whether it's uh, big TV or cable TV. But okay. that's, uh, that's, that's right within your realm. You just need some people around you with creative thinking. We have a call on the line. Thank you for your patience. God bless you on the black air. 
Yes, God bless you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. I just want to say that uh, the family there on your air are listening. I attended the fundraiser this past Saturday. It was fabulous. The food was fabulous. This young what man, is- this young man, we're not to put on the bash. And I can't wait for the next one because it was all, the models, the food, the people was nice. There was no problem. I mean, I mean, it was just, it was just God. It was just a beautiful occasion. So I hope he gives another function where people can come and support his cause because it's needed. His assistant, Luana G. I mean, everybody was beautiful. And, of course, she was leading the beauty pack, of course. But it was just a wonderful occasion. And I thank God that I was there to partake, and I can't wait for the next one. So I hope you'll listen to audience get a number for him where they can keep in touch with him and help the foundation grow because we need to be addressed, our children. Our children are prized possession and our future. We got to take care of the children. Marvin Gaye said, save the babies. Marvin exactly. Gaye said that. So we have to take heed to these things, you know? So I want to yep. call and say thank you for having me on the air, and thank you, Brother Black, you're doing a great job. And may God bless you and continue to bless you and all you listeners, and keep listening in because you do a good job, Brother, for the community. So God bless you, Thank you, Thank you, Brother. Well, Thank you very much. Thank you. Love you all. All right. So, Jeanette, Jeanette, right? Yes, sir. Jeanette, the, um, see, reaching out to the school and finding out if they have a marketing department where they they have these classes, one class is going to be public relations. Okay. And and whether it's Seton Hall or whether it's uh, Irvington Community College, uh, St. Peter's, some some college in that area, you're going to find somebody who will help get the word out, and they'll be able to take this thing on as a project, a class project, and maneuver to get you possibly on some local shows, et cetera. We have another caller, Carla. You're on the air. Thank you for your patience. You're on the air with Sister Jeanette and her brother, her cousin, Elisha. Yes, uh, yes, I do. Um, Thank you, uh, Brother Leroy, and thanks to the family for coming here, um, expressing their story to everyone. Uh, My question is, did anyone think about perhaps like lie detector tests or anything? Because they said that it appeared to be like an inside job or maybe someone who was in the house that might have taken the child. So I was wondering, what did the police say regarding that? And also, I would like to support uh, this cause, and I'd like to know where can I get more information about their organization. I'll hang up and uh, hear their response. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, um, they did give out lie detectors tests to certain people and families. Even when I came home from jail, they gave me one too because they said that since I was in jail, I probably had the family take them somewhere. So I passed my lie detector test. Um, one, it was only one person who failed on certain questions, and they're they're not family. So. We're just waiting to see now what's going to happen because the cops did say that they will they will reopen the case and um, start all over again, but that hasn't happened because I haven't heard from them in like two years. Hmm. Okay, that's a 
that's a police matter and a political matter in yeah. terms of negotiating them, negotiating with them to hold, open up this so-called cold case, as they call things. Um, but those individuals within the police department, they either have had contact with other uh, public searches for, for children or missing people, and when you talk to them, you ask them what ideas they can share with you that get exposure for your missing son. Okay. And, and uh, their source, all these people are sources of information. Not okay. even, not even uh, <clears throat> to mention the internet. Putting it in Google, techniques for for tracing missing children or um, campaigns to track missing children, something of that nature, and see what comes up. It's just a little bit of thinking and ground uh, work that is right within your reach that won't cost you any money. Yes. So, um, so how do people connect with Elisha? How do people connect with you? Uh, the young lady, the caller, call, <clears throat> I think she indicated that she might want to make a contribution. How do people connect with the foundation or yourself, Sister Jeanette? Well, with myself, I get that more of a sympathy look instead of, you know, that what I can do to help you. I understand that, that they haven't, that they're, Feeling for me, but I don't want you to feel for me. I want you to help me if the, to the best of your knowledge. You know, please, that's all I ask anybody to do is just if whatever you could do, a prayer, a dollar, a penny, it doesn't matter. Anything that will help me find him would be fine. And the, um, the event, is, it was done by my nephew, Elijah Spikes, and he's been helping me out as much as he can. He's only 22 years old, and he did his thing this Saturday, and I'm very proud of him. Okay, so we'll conclude with getting his contact information, and then, um, you know, we will stay alert to ideas that may come our way that we can share with you on tracking down, not not so much tracking down the child, but getting the the picture out there uh, yes. on TV where um, people can see along the East Coast, for that matter. I don't know how that's done, but I know it's possible. So, um, uh, Elisha, we'll talk to them and, and him, and I want to thank you, and we'll put some prayers out for Sister Jeanette. What's your, what's your child's name? His name is Jiren Harris. Jiren? Yes. Spell that. J-Y-R-I-N-E. Jiren Harris. Yes, okay. sir. Young brother Jiren Harris and sister Jeanette Harris. All right, we'll speak with brother Elisha and uh, conclude our interview. Thank you for your okay, spirit. Thank, thank you so much for listening to me because it's been a while since anybody even heard anything. So thank you very much. Well, the thing is that uh, Brother Foot Doctor and Luana reached out 
and uh, we didn't know exactly what was happening with this, but the more information we find out, the more empathy that the audience definitely would have with you and for you, and at least prayers, prayers do work. So the message, ladies and gentlemen, put Sister Jeanette Harris and Jiren Harris, the little boy, the young boy, in your prayers tonight, and you might put a note on your door so when you go out in the morning, you can put out a positive thought that the mother and the child will be reunited. So thank you again, Sister Jeanette. Thank you. Here go, Elijah. Hello? Brother Elijah, uh, thank you for your work in helping your aunt. How do people uh, make contact with you? Is there email? Is there a website or what? Yes, um, the website is you can contact us at uniqueurban.com at Facebook. And you can follow up on all the events that we're going to be having. Um, any posts that we may post about Jiren, um, about a foundation or any local community events that will be upcoming. Um, we're going to be having another fashion show in honor of him um, and other missing children June 15th of this year. So we'll keep you guys posted, and you can. And my number is 862 899 1300. 862 899 1300. Correct. All right, brother, brother Elisha, thank you for your work, and may God continue to bless you and your family, and may your efforts to retrieve your cousin be fruitful this year, sooner than later. Thank you for your support and everyone that's listening. We really do appreciate everything you guys are doing for us, and we hope to see you at our our future events. All right, my brother. God bless you, and thanks to Brother Foot Doctor and Sister Luana for helping us meet you and your aunt, Sister Jeanette Harris. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. Same to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Respect for Life on the Keys 107 Network. We'll be black with you, uh, the good Lord willing, this coming Saturday evening at 8 p.m. over the blog Talk Radio Network. Remember that Minister Farrakhan is doing a 52-week presentation, and that airs at 7 p.m. New York time. 7 p.m. New York time, 6 p.m. Central time. That airs over NOI.org, NOI.org at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And right after that, 8 o'clock, you can switch over to blogtalkradio.com. We have an exciting guest plan for you. Always an information-filled hour or two that we spend with you on Tuesday evenings or Saturday, and uh, a lot of great news and a lot of great people coming your way. And we want to thank Brother Foot Doctor and Sister Luana for introducing us to young brother Elisha. This is the type of, of, of show and interviews that we need all over. The average person, the people who don't get access to general media, just uh, this little time that we spent with them can go a long way in terms of exposing their need for help and assistance and we have some bright minds in the audience so 
The telephone number 862 899 1300. 862 899 1300 for young brother Elisha and sister Jeanette, his aunt. What they need is public relations and donated. It's really not rocket science to get some of this information out there. Don't go looking for dollars from people who don't necessarily have any. When you do good deeds, the universe returns it tenfold. The more good deeds you do, the more it's going to help you and your family. But if you're greedy, if I'm greedy, oh, no, you can't come on, you know, give me $5 on the table, you know, coffee, you know, blah, blah, blah. That defeats the whole purpose, man and sister. So donate some time to a righteous cause, whatever it is in your local area, or to helping retrieve this young boy. I want to thank Brother Elijah, Brother James, Sister Rafika, Brother Forrest, Brother Jason, and all others who make it possible for the Keys 107 Network to operate and for Respect to Life and the communicators to come to you each and every week. May God continue to bless each and every one of you. And last but not least, pick up the Final Call newspaper. When you see brothers selling that paper, they're on the front lines getting information, independent information to our people. Get the paper from them and get two copies. Give one to a neighbor. They'll always take it from you to read it. Oh, it's free? Yeah, man. But they won't. Anyway, y'all know the deal. God bless you all. Assalamu alaikum. Peace. FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, The Final Call follows in the tradition of Muhammad Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the Final Call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the Final Call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com.
Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing at the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com.